15 to play. Marois misses the three. Grant Johnson rebound. Two in a row for Coast Guard. They're going to win the new Mac for the second straight year. It'll be an 82-66 final score. The Bears are going dancing to the NCAA tournament. It was back to the NCAA tournament where Coast Guard drew a road game against a neighboring school, Trinity, out of Hartford, Connecticut, about a one-hour bus ride away. Coast Guard prepared for this game with great intensity. This was something that members of the other athletic teams noticed was a trademark for the Bears down the stretch. Here's one of the stars of the women's basketball team, Melissa Martinelli. There was just a focus that didn't allow space for anything that wasn't winning. The night of the NCAA tournament game was also an important night at the academy. It was billet night. That's when all of the Coast Guard firsties, senior cadets, would learn where their first military assignment would be. This is a huge deal and a grand ceremony. You basically spend four years preparing for this night just like with basketball. The Coast Guard basketball players had a billet night separate from their classmates. Because this senior class was academically sound, every basketball player got the billet they wanted. This is Grant Johnson. You know, everything was leading up to that, and it was kind of confusing emotionally because we were super excited. Everything we'd work for with basketball was to be in the NCAA tournament, and we were. And then throw on top of it, we were supposed to deal with the emotions of billet night also. It was, it was a little emotional overload. Man, I remember going to the game thinking, I'm about to live in San Diego. Holy cow, What San Diego is a 23-year-old with money in your pocket. Life's about to be who knows what. Amazing, great. Oh yeah, and I'm on my way to try to win an NCAA tournament game. That's going to be amazing, great. On the bus ride to Oosting Gymnasium. Aaron Jones lightened the mood by challenging Coach Barry. We were just joking around, and I just said, hey, I bet you want to shave your mustache if we win this game. And I, I think <laughs> he probably saw the tape, too, and he was like, these guys are good. They're like, sure, I'll bet you. Playing Trinity carried a little extra weight for the Bears because of a memory the Coast Guard seniors had of playing the Bantams as freshmen. Roten sets up the offense outside to Farrell, goes down the lane, right side, Taylor for a three, good. 7 nothing Bantams, Robert Taylor the third from the right wing. This is Craig Johnson. It was like men playing boys. They beat us by like 40-something points, and they were just doing it without breaking a sweat. We lost by 16 that game my freshman year. The 16 felt like 40. We were never in the game. They were better than us at every position every possession we felt lucky to score we felt lucky to get a rebound it was just it was eye-opening like oh this is what good d3 is okay that's all right that's a benchmark welcome to episode seven perseverance they inbound to hasek he backs up to the three-point line knocks another one down it's six nothing trinity we're a minute in trinity drew a great crowd and the coast guard student section was a little light their bus had gotten delayed Early on, the Bantams had all the momentum. Now Hasek out near midcourt with 10 on the shot clock. Around the screen, bounce pass to Taylor. One-on-one -on -one against Craig Johnson. He'll shoot over him and hit a three for Taylor. The Bantams have come out swinging. They've got a 9-2 lead. Their fans were loud and had a nasty edge to them. I just remember they were ruthless. They were screaming like the most offensive things that people could yell at you the entire game. There was like a malfunction with the clock and it might've been Grant and I were like standing right in front of them for about a minute or two while we stood there, they just yelled at us bad things the whole time. Like they were not nice people up there. It was almost like Daniel in the lion's den. Are you going to survive this? You're really kind of like walking into the fire here and how are you going to survive? The Trinity fans unknowingly went one step too far in their chance. Over the course of four years, as you go through the academy, just like a family member, you can make fun of your own family members. You can poke fun, but other people can't poke fun at your family. Like, 
you don't get to call me a Navy reject. You go to Trinity where your parents pay $50,000 a year and you're going to walk into some cake job. You know, we're earning this to protect you. That's all made up in my head, but it's the motivation that you need to find when you're looking for a reason to beat a team on a night. This is Jeff Prebeck. Maybe immature as I was in that stage of my life, or as mature as I was in that stage of life, we're all growing and developing and finding out more about ourselves. In the games, Mark, I would always think about this. I would say, you know what? Whether we win or lose, like this is just a game. It's a game of basketball. It's a privilege that we're playing this game. But I would also think about what's after this game. At least I know what I'm doing, right? Like I'm very fortunate and blessed to kind of have at least for the next five years a roadmap of profession, of opportunities. What is everyone else doing? I would think about the other players be like, man, are, are they have something lined up as far as employment? Are they just playing this game because this is it and they're just fully invested in like playing for Clark or WPI and that's it. And then once the season ends, they're going to figure out their life. I, I don't know. Like I would just think about this stuff sometimes. And I think for the Navy rejects, that probably upset me because it's okay. You're calling me a Navy reject, but what are you doing with your life? What's your five-year plan? At least I know where I'm going. At least I have an opportunity here that few and far between get the opportunity to, to do. So I can see that. And then also probably just the piece with the Naval Academy Prep School like that I was part of. And so it is very easy to kind of be washed out like in that atmosphere because it's so Navy, Marine Corps-centric and focused that you kind of had to raise your hand in the back of the room and be like, hey, your Coast Guard's still here. We can still do this. I can still play. I might not be at your level, but I'm going to give you a run for the money. And so, yeah, like saying that, it definitely didn't help their cause. This is Al Sowers. They really wanted me to go there, and I took a visit to Navy, and I actually rejected Navy. So if anything, those people are completely incorrect, and Navy was our reject. The intensity of the moment even captured the Bears' coaches, Coach Barry and Coach Bono. Bob Bono and I, we, we had an imbroglio. <laughs> we got after each other pretty good. And it was because we got off to a bad start at Trinity. All of a sudden, we were down eight or nine or something. And he, Bob kind of, I was standing up, and he come up and he pushed me. I was stunned. I can't use all the words I used, but I said, don't ever do that again. Don't, don't ever touch me again. And I pushed him back to the bench. I think there was, we were probably in some defense and I said, Pete, you got to get out of that defense. I probably gave him a little nudge, get out of that defense. He gave me a nudge back. That's my job as an assistant. I got to tell him what I feel. This is assistant coach Sam Chung. I think it was on a, it was on an official and he wouldn't let it go. And it was a very important part of the game. Obviously the whole game was very important, but Bob literally hold him and say lay off of him and that's when Pete was like with a couple of expletives don't touch me again that kind of thing and like you know threw the arms out and thank goodness like he didn't get it over overblown but thank goodness once Pete reacted the way he wanted to like Bob took a step back okay just hear me out in the post on turn around over James is good Stephen Dunn extends it to an 11-point lead, 19-8. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is going to be a bad day. <laughs> I think I remember saying to Steve, like, welcome to the NCAA tournament. Like, it's just another level. Like, the, the atmosphere is different. It's an awesome experience to, to go through. Clearly, it rocked us the first half because we looked like we did not belong there. This was like, holy crap. We might not stand a chance in this game, and we might just get wiped off the face of the earth. It was 19-8 to Trinity, but something important just happened. For one thing, the Coast Guard fan bus finally arrived. And when Javon James came into the game, the game changed. Growing up in St. Thomas, Javon knew very little about what college basketball in the States was like. He didn't know about the Cameron Crazies or anything like that. This was his first exposure to any sort of March Madness, and he loved it. Javon got scored on right away, and he got a shot blocked too. But his energy, he looked like he was going to run right through a wall. He knew, he took it upon himself to make Coast Guard realize we're going to beat Trinity. 
that's what I remember about the Trinity game. I know that's that was huge. Bounce pass up ahead for a cutting Taylor. James swats it out of bounds. James, very energetic right now, getting in there. And that, I think that's what the Bears needed was a play like that to get the crowd into it on their side. It was one of those like, oh man, here we go. Like this, this should be fine. And then we get there and it's like, oh man, <laughs> like yeah, this is this is actually going to be really fun. Russ Martin, love pass inside, done. James stops him. Ball of Coast Guard. Here comes Brand Johnson the other way. James. Johnson in the front court. He'll dribble drive, looking behind him. Clears it back outside. Now Lewis hands to Hudson on a weave to the top of the circle. Backs up. Long jump. Good. Eric Hudson for two. This is then assistant Kevin Jaskowitz. He came down and blocked that shot. They were just on fire, and they were just getting ready to steamroll us. Their big guy went in for a dunk, and Javon just blocked it. He just pinned it against the glass. Westbrook's right wing for Trinity. Eyeing the zone. Triple drive inside. Finds Martin. He's got swatted down by James. And Craig Johnson has it for Coast Guard. He's the best game preparation guy, a coach to Coast Guard. Not even close. Knew the other team's plays. Everyone's job on our team on how to defend those plays. He really liked getting information, and he was really good at using the information within the game. As the Bears started to come back, Jeff Prebeck went to work. And I just remember just kind of saying to myself, like, you're outmatched. Like, there is no way that you guys are going to win. So you know what? Just let it go. Just play. Like, you have nothing else to lose. This is going to be your last game. Don't hold anything back. On the run in the front court, backs it out to the three-point line. To Craig, down low to Prebeck. Prebeck up with the left hand for two. Jeff Prebeck looks pretty strong today. He's got five points. They played everyone in single coverage. And Jeff was very good in being physical. And once he got physical, then he would have his way. I, I recall us like basically throwing over the top. And, 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 no one, and, and they all stayed home because we had shooters like Alan Grant waiting on the side. And, and they wouldn't leave him. They yep. shouldn't leave him. Here's Prebeck. Inside for two on the lob over the top from Grant Johnson to tie the score. Fourth hoop for Jeff Prebeck. We really just started to come into our own and, and figure out, eh, these guys are beatable. I think we can do this. For Craig Johnson looking for Prebeck. Lob passed over the top. Prebeck in good position. Goes up strong for two. Great by uh, Jeff to establish position, seal the defenders trying to guard him on the high side, and once again, not able to keep up with him on uh, the defensive end. 34-33, Trinity. Jeff played so well because Jeff was the John Deere tractor. Things weren't going well for the team. You go out to your shed, you start the tractor that's been there for you for four years. It starts on the first try. It just says, all right, what do you need me to do? And that was Jeff, like, hey, what do you need me to do? Craig Johnson, bounce pass, Prebeck, inside for two. 41-36, the Bears slicing through the Trinity D, 15.05 to play. He never overthought a rebound or a putback. It was, that's what I'm supposed to do. They talk about like a, a racehorse is at, at peace when it's actually, when it's let loose and running. That's when Jeff was at peace, when the ball was on the glass and he could, hey, it's pretty simple. Whoever wants it the most is going to get it. Stephon Lewis dribble drives to the basket, miss, three back, follow, good enough foul, chance for three. Oh, break there for Coast Guard, Prebeck read the miss shot perfectly, he'll go up strong, put it in for two, and a foul. Trinity's fans tried to help their team get back in the game. Pass gets deflected and stolen away. Here's Rowe in the open floor for a dunk to tie. 13.05 to play, we're even at 44. This is my broadcast partner that season, Scott Sieplick. You had one side of very tall traditional stands that you'd find in a really large high school gym. The other side was more of an old school setup. You had on that, you had probably only six or seven rows and they put all the students on that one side across from the benches. And I remember when you pulled out the stands, literally if you were going to inbounds the ball, your heels would be against, if you wore a size 13 shoe, your heels would be almost touching the, the sideline. And then your heels would be up against the, the wood. And that's not an exaggeration. There was a ball that was in the air and it was last off us. And one of our guys, one of the fans grabbed it out of the air and prevented our guys from chasing it down. And that's how, like, how tight it was. I remember that their fans 
they all wore white and their stadium or, or gym is not that big. So they're kind of right on top of you. We have that cool picture of Craig that was, I think, posted online and that we have all have copies of inbounding the ball and their fans, their kind of, the student section's kind of doing like what they do at Cameron Indoor, like all pointing and shaking their fingers at him while he's inbounding the ball. I think Craig got spit on. He was taking the ball out of bounds. And I believe someone's, one of the, their fans spit on him. Academy Athletic Director, Ray Sieplick. I went charging over to the, and of course, administrator, who's Charlie Brock, who was the coach from Springfield, was the NCAA chairman there. And I said, Charlie, what is absolutely going on here? And so they got him out of there. Craig Johnson and his teammates fought through it. After Paul Rose dunked to tie, the Bears scored the next 13 points. 12-28 to play. Sowers inbounds to Grant Johnson. Hands back to Sowers in the corner. Doesn't take the shot. Dribbles to the foul line. A bounce pass to Blum. Faces up on Taylor. Jump up and good for the lead. And Coast Guard's in front. Steve's second hope. For the last, you know, seven days, Steve Blum has been unconscious. Top of the circle. Dribble around his man. Bounce pass. Prebeck. Prebeck inside for two. 48-44. Prebeck another basket. Jeff has come up great today. He's got eight hoops. 19 points for Prebeck. 48-44. Coast Guard. 11-40 to play. Sowers zigzags through. In the lane. Bank no. Rebound. Prebeck. Put back good. 50-44. Coast Guard with 11 heads to play. The big men coming up big. The Bansons are going to take time out. 11.06 to play. All the Coast Guard fans are up. They lead by six. 50 to 44. Shake and make move. Hudson moves now to his right. Finds an open lane. His jump is up and good. Good evening, Mrs. Hudson in Pasadena. <laughs> 57-44 Coast Guard. 8.05 to play. And you can get a sense from a team even before you get to that big game as to whether, how they're going to perform. And I would like, I would make it, I would draw an analogy to like Buffalo, right? Like when the Wolves come, do they like scatter and and run and all for one? Or do they all kind of like back in knowing that the person to their right and their left are there? And I think that game specifically, you just knew that no one was missing a box out. You knew no one was going to miss a defensive set you didn't know that they were going to make the shot you can't but the things that people could control we were we fully trusted i fully trusted that everyone was going to do their assignment with not aligns it makes you a really hard team to beat and i think that's that was us and i think a lot of conflict got us to the point where yeah we trusted each other we were mean we were we were the team that I would want to be like walking down a dark alley because there's some like mean motherfuckers on that team. The Bantams were a good team. They mounted a comeback of their own after Coast Guard pushed the lead to double figures. I'd buy Preback out high to Ford. His three is good. A rainbow from Ford makes it a one point game. First basket. Good time for that. 405 to play. Coast Guard lead is one. But the Bears hung on. 25 seconds. Kasich right wing. Sowers has him. He moves it left. Now back to his right to Taylor. Fakes the three. Johnson nearly knocks the ball away. Comes to Hasek. 15 seconds. Hasek wing right. Hasek on the drive. Gets tangled up. Gives to Taylor. Nine seconds. Taylor back up. Three-pointer off. Rebound. Craig Johnson. Coast guard. Foul with 3.8. And it was Craig Johnson who would get to seal the deal. Craig's first free throw rolls in. 69-65 with 3.8. One more for Craig Johnson that kissed off the front rim and dropped through. 69-65, 3.8 seconds to play. One more free throw for Craig Johnson. Free throw is up and good. 75, 3.8 to play. He stick out of the backcourt. One second left. Fires at the buzzer. No good. Coast Guard wins. Coast Guard wins. 70 to 65. Your final score. The Bears move on to the second round. And they storm the court here at Usling Gym. Coach Bono jumping into the arms of Coach Ferry. The Bears are on the court. The cadets are joining in the celebration, enjoying the moment. 
of all the games at the Academy, the one that sticks out the most in my mind, it was a bit magical. It was like angels in the outfield kind of a situation. And all this meant that Pete Berry had to pay off the promise that he made on the bus. Barry was great because he would banter back and forth with everybody. It was 80% banter and 20% basketball with Barry, which is what we needed. But Aaron Jones said, hey, coach, if we win this game, you shave your mustache? Yeah, Aaron Jones, you win this game, I'll shave this mustache. And then after the game, Barry was like, oh, shit, I got to shave my mustache. When the Coast Guard bus got back to campus, the firsties who had been participating in billet night were there to greet them. They had just gone through billet night. Some of them had been a little bit overserved. They were smoking cigars, celebrating where they were going, and they made a point to like meet us at the gym and, and kind of celebrate with us when we got back. It was the first NCAA win for the Bears since 1979, and they'd be playing again two days later when the Mass Dartmouth Corsairs would be waiting for them in North Dartmouth, Massachusetts. As good as Trinity was, Mass Dartmouth was just as good, if not better. This was a team that averaged around 80 points per game. The Corsairs started the season 20-0 and and ranked as high as number two in the country. Their fans were loud, their gym was humid, and it was uncomfortable. And the Bears ran into some trouble. Their guard I was, that I was guarding was driving and went up for a shot and his shoulder caught me in the chin and sliced open my chin. And I think they even called me for a foul. And I went over and kind of stood at half court and just kind of one of those, man, I didn't even foul the guy. Like he hit me and I'm like, my chin is killing me. And I like reached up and just grabbed it. And my hand was just completely covered in blood. And so we went in at halftime and Brad just glued my chin shut. It was my worst game of, the, of my career. I had zeros across the board, maybe one turnover. I had shingles that game across the left side of my, my waist. Extremely painful, kind of like flu-like symptoms. 25 to shoot for the Corsairs. On his left for Mackey. Triple drive to the bucket, and his shot rolls in. 13-point lead, 45-32, 12.45 to play. This has been the best season in Coast Guard men's basketball history. They got an uphill climb to try and continue it. It's even possible that some people gave up. It was the the peak of what what the deficit was. I sent the head of D3Hoops.com an instant message that said, this game's over. So I apologize for giving up. No, you just knew we were going to come back. Slowly, the Bears came back. He'll drive on Holbrook, cut off, swing it left, Sowers is open, his three is up, and good, nine-point game, Sowers connects. 45-36, the Bears retreat, Miss Dartmouth calls time. I felt like we felt comfortable. I don't feel like during that game we were rattled at all. Blum right wing for Coast Guard, he'll dribble it left. Blum will hand to Hudson on a weave. He'll pull up at the foul line, his jump rolls in! 45-38 fortuitous bounce for Hudson. 10:35 to fly. I didn't feel we were down 13, and one thing led to another, and 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 I thought that they became rather conservative. They they stopped attacking us. Dartmouth will inbound. They inbound it to Freeman. She can make move on Hudson. Freeman to oh, the rim. Hudson blocked it, and then Freeman called for steps on recovery. Good play by Eric Hudson. It'll be Coast Guard ball with 8:59 left. To his credit, Eric Hudson stepped in and played all my minutes. And to Barry's credit, he didn't ride me. I didn't tell the coaches because I didn't want them to not play me. But they saw I was probably showing it through my horrible play and my demeanor that I didn't have it that night. So they took me out and Eric Hudson stepped in and had a great game. He's the reason we won the game. He'll move left. He'll get cut off. Give to James in the corner. Back for Hudson. He'll take a three. And a three for the Bears. One point game, 47-46. Hudson from downtown. 3.50 to play. And Miss Dartmouth's going to take a timeout. Oh, boy. We're going to have a little fun these last three minutes and 47 seconds. It's a one point game. And then, oh, yeah, I shot some three I wasn't supposed to shoot. <laughs> Eric Hudson led the charge in that game. We put him on their point guard, who was who was dynamite. And Eric matches speed, 
and he he played brilliantly. He was he really spearheaded our defense and allowed us to come back. And like once we figured that out, we were pretty good. Eric was a tremendous defender. And we went to a box and one for a while, which we were really good at running either a triangle two or a box and one with Eric. We did a box and one for a while. Yeah, I remember he put me on him and I guarded him. I guarded him full court, I believe, the rest of the whole game. Yeah, I, at that point, I wasn't even trying to, trying to score. I wasn't really thinking about scoring. I just knew that it was important for me to stop him to help so that our team can do what it does. This is Steve Blum. The Coast Guard Academy is built to create teams that play better in the second half. Like the Academy is a, a very grinding experience that takes perseverance. And as a result, at the end of the game, you are still feeling, I don't want to say refreshed and motivated, but you have an ability to put up with all the stresses that happen during a basketball game and then still play the basketball that you that is best for your team. I remember I came into the game right when that run started, and I probably didn't score any of those points that we scored. We played our zone, and I was in the middle of the zone. And I remember we just we said, okay, they're, they're, they're shooting. Like, they're beating us by shooting. We just need to freaking guard the shooters, and I'll take the inside. I will be responsible for not letting anything get inside. I'll be responsible for rebounding, but we need to step out on their shooters. And that was just – that felt like a, a moment from the movie Miracle. It was another point where I was just like, again, we're with the big boys and the big boys got us. Like, we're not going to stop fighting, but, you know, they pegged us and have our number. And then somehow it just, our defense just held them and held them. There are stretches in games where you might hold a team scoreless if they go cold for five minutes. But for us to hold a, a team that I believe at one point was ranked, if not number one, like up towards the number one in the country for us to hold them scoreless for that long just shows like how effective that we were as a team and as a unit defensively with that matchup zone the defense set up the offense and it was go time for javon james he finds sowers behind him sowers nearly traveled there they look for craig johnson he loses holbrook he turns he shoots and he misses oh. and the follow good javon james gives the bears the lead with a dunk 48 47 305 to play it's annoying it's annoying that i don't remember that mark it's it's so annoying that i cannot remember duncan that's mind-boggling to me i actually can't even remember what position, what hand, and, and nobody remember those, but I, I, I can't. Craig drove, Craig missed an underhand layup. It went off the front rim, and you came and dunked. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, where was I? Yeah, my guy went off after him, and I followed it up, followed up with the dunk. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. All right. That's so long ago. Dude. I, I cannot believe. I can't remember. See, if this was the NBA, you would you would remember it. I'm sure. Because <laughs> it would be all over YouTube, right? right. It would have. It was awesome. When Javon went up and raised up and dunked, it, it's more commonplace, I think, now, more in high school games and college games. But the D3 level, it wasn't. And that was such an emphatic exclamation point on the game. They'll get a chance to tie. Man starting at the rebound. 21 left. Freeman across midcourt. He calls for a man. He looks. He moves right. Freeman on the dribble. Bumped by Hudson. Backs out. 13 seconds. Freeman around the screen. Freeman in trouble. Gets tangled up. Got it back. Freeman with seven. Help force a three. It spins out. Rebound tipped. Coast Guard ball. 2.6. Foul. Mass Dartmouth went 1 for 15 with 6 turnovers in the final 12 minutes and 49 seconds. This was a team that regularly scored 80 points per game. The CGA chant starts up. the winner of Rochester, Penn State, Baron Grant Johnson calls the players back on the floor together. Grant, Javon, Eric, Al, and Craig. If you're a Coast Guard fan, you know their last names. I don't need to tell you that. Corsairs will have to throw a baseball pass here. Tynes will throw that. Holbrook is still in the game. They've got Tynes, Stevens, Tavares, and Walker. 
2.2 left. Here we go. It's inbounded to Tavares from mid-court. No goal! They're going to the Sweet 16. Bears win! Bears win! 50 to 47, your final score. What a tremendous effort for Coast Guard. Oh, my goodness. What a win. They were down by 13 with 13 minutes left. The Corsairs scored one basket the rest of the way. Oh, man. On to the Sweet 16. What a win. The biggest win in Coast Guard basketball history. Out of some miracle, it worked enough to come back by, you know, 13 points in 10 minutes. The Academy builds teams that are second-half teams. And so it's not a coincidence that we were down frequently at halftime. Uh, That was just super spectacular. It was the 400th win for Pete Barry as a college basketball coach. The kid from San Francisco had come a long way in his career. I forgot anything right now. I just want to simply say to the Coast Guard Academy, congratulations to Division Three Sweet 16. And coach, over 400 wins. Unbelievable. What a phenomenal career. And you people should be mighty proud because you do everything in the right way. You play as a team, my friends. Keep it together and see for effort, for attitude, and for mental toughness. You're awesome, baby, with a capital A. So all our friends went off to spring break, and we all stayed at the academy to practice. So we had practice one day, like 10 a.m., and we are going to have it again the next day at like 4 p.m. So there's a pretty decent gap. So we came really close, really close, driving up to Toronto for the night. I do remember just, man, like we want to go out with a bang. This was going to be our last hurrah. And so we should still try to maximize and capitalize on, on any time that we have. The college students in us were coming out and like, we, 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 I just want to be on spring break right now. Like, ah. At least from my standpoint, telling Grant and the guys like, we can't do this. Are you serious? We have to practice, man. We're not going to go anywhere. Like, it's not just basketball. There could be major repercussions of us even graduating. Like, If enough of us go, we know they're not going to kick off the whole team. So if enough of us go, we're safe in numbers. And it wasn't a good idea. I'm not saying it was a good <laughs> idea. It was, it was a half-baked. It was like an 11 p.m. Should we do it? Should we not? I'll raise my hand. I was fully in, on board. Craig was with me. I think Steve was with me. Luckily, calmer heads prevailed. And we we went to bed and woke up and went to practice. I think it was more talk than actual, more bluster than actual substance because they all wanted to play in those games. Ah, yes, on to the Sweet 16. The next two rounds of the tournament would be played at Ursinus College in Pennsylvania, making for a nice bus trip for Coast Guard. As they hopped on their Peter Pan bus, they were greeted by a bus driver who was quite proud of his claim to fame. Reggie Jackson's cousin, is that what you said it was? Reggie Jackson's cousin, like Mr. October. Mr. October, the baseball legend, was known for being confident and clutch. Cousin October had Reggie's confidence, but he was definitely not clutch. The Coast Guard men's team should have known something was up when the bus driver went off the highway and into the streets part of the way through the trip. You know, nobody else was paying attention. It's like, why are we going through Trenton? And what foreshadowing that was. All right, we'll get back to that guy later. There's a lot more to his story. The bus arrived in time for Coach Barry and a few others to go to the local Bertucci's for dinner. There, Coach Barry saw members of the Rochester coaching staff. He got up to say hello. It didn't go well. I wasn't there. I can't tell you what was said. I can tell you how Coach Barry reacted to it. He came back to his seat and asked for a martini with vodka. He perceived the conversation thusly. They were looking down on us. No appreciation for what we had accomplished. Coast Guard's players knew what they were getting into. The Yellow Jackets played in arguably the best league in the country, the University Athletic Association, and had a run as the number one team in the nation that season. You could definitely tell that you're getting into an echelon of teams that you don't play that often. Rochester had two big men, John Onyaruka and Uche Dubizu, 
who were unlike any the bears had seen. I remember their biceps, like their arms were just, they spent a lot of time in the weight room. Like seven foot tall, NBA athletic big men. Okay, they weren't quite that big, but the bears were unbothered. We didn't think we were gonna walk into anybody that collectively could be better than our four bigs. You might have one, but we have four. That was their thing. They were gonna have the two best bigs. Jeff never lifted a weight in his life, but I knew Jeff was like old man strong, country strong. I'd seen Craig out position plenty of people more athletic than him, so he didn't worry about Craig having to jump as high as somebody or getting a shot block, because what made Craig so good is he was gonna, like Kevin McHale, he was just gonna pivot you to death and pump fake you to death and then get a layup and be like, how'd that happen? I saw these guys, I'm like, all right, they're huge. They're impressive men, but are they all show and no go? In the early part of the game, Rochester's bigs threw their muscle around. Duvizu at the top of the circle gets poked at, finds on Yaruka inside, layup good. We're tied at two on Yaruka for two. Six foot seven, he's cut too. He is very muscular. Division one kind of player. He's built like a linebacker or a wide receiver for a D1 football team is what he's built like. So we're tied at 13. Now Jubizu, right hand drop shot is good. For Dominiac out high to Jerron on his left. Shemelwick, his shot blocked. And Anya Ruka recovers and slams it down. Wow. 17-13 Rochester, 8-40 to play. Inside, Craig Johnson against Onyaruka, looking for a cutter. He takes him to the basket. His fall away doesn't go. Onyaruka recovers, cribs a defensive rebound for Rochester. He's tough and downloads you, beats you. Right hand, hook, good. Tough to block that. He's got four hoops. Onyaruka's got four hoops, and Rochester's lead is 19-13, 7.45 to play. And Jubizu with a rebound for Rochester. One shot now for Kuskar today. Bears haven't had a basket in uh, well over seven minutes. Rochester played a slow, disciplined, walk-it-up-the-floor style, passing up on several fast-break opportunities. It wanted to methodically pick the Bears apart. That wasn't going to happen. Coast Guard hung in. He gets cut off, flips it behind him, Grant Johnson with four. Grant with two, Grant's in trouble, he's got a force of three, hits it at the buzzer. What a shot for Grant Johnson! And he pumps his fist back to the bench, it's 26-25. Grant's third basket of the game, I think he was saying, I knew I had it all the way. The Bears brought a cheering section of a couple hundred fans. They were loud, and they were into it. They had a fan base cheering all around the world. This weekend featured our best listenership ever. We even heard from the head of the Coast Guard, even though he had other priorities on his mind. Admiral and writes, and he says, I have a commitment shortly with the Joint Chiefs and staff. Would love to have been there today. The heart, desire, and the courage of this team have inspired us. Good luck and box out. We've interviewed Admiral Allen a couple of times. You know him well. Well, sir, uh, I'll just say everybody has an excuse, and I guess the Joint Chiefs is, is one of them, but... <laughs> In the second half, the Bears trailed 39-34, and they lost their big men. Point line, bounce pass on Yaruka. Backs down, Johnson drops it in. Craig got hurt. Craig got knocked to the floor. I think an elbow there. One of them, like, hit me in the mouth so hard, it, like, almost cut a hole in my tongue. It was like this huge chunk of my tongue was gone. They were, like, giant men. Just probably twice as strong as I was. In Craig's absence, Coast Guard's other players stepped up. Tanya Ruka's tip no good, and Prebeck the defensive rebound. Here comes Hudson the other way for Coast Guard, finding Lewis for three. He hits 39-37, Stephon second three, 12.05 to play, Bears down two. Huge basket for the Bears that's, right there. That's a five-point swing. You figure Anya Ruka's tipping it in, he didn't. And then the Bears cash in for three. Showers will drive, slice through. On his right, Hudson, he'll attack. Eric will shoot and hit to tie it at 39. Now it was anybody's game, and it was time for Al Sowers to take over. And this is a day where Al Sowers has really been held in check. He's got just one basket for three. This is then-freshman Adam Radke. I spent a lot of time watching the games that year, and I was like, how is Al, like, so good? I couldn't figure it out. He's a little bit shorter. He's actually deceptively quick. Al's really good. He always impressed me. 
three, no good. Long rebound, Siobhan James. Kick it back out, they'll regroup. Who's gonna get the lead here? Lewis hands to Sowers on a drive. He draws contact, scores in a foul. Chance for three. <laughs> Timely hoop for Sowers. Sowers has been quiet all game on the offensive end, doing some of the small fundamentals, helping the team out right there, shows some toughness, takes it into the heart of the Rochester defense, draws the foul and sinks it. And now Sowers has a very large fan contingent here today. We all signed a banner to say that we were here for Al before today's game. And the free throw for Sowers is good. The Bears have the lead, 42-39, with 8.58 to play. He commanded the floor and commanded the, the guys on the floor and orchestrated that whole thing really well. On his left, Jerron down low to Beasley. Backs down, Prebeck, right-hand hook. No, rebound, Prebeck. 8.40 to play, Coast Guard ball leading 42-39. Lewis behind him for Prebeck. Out near midcourt, Jeff moves it right for Craig Johnson. Johnson slides it through to Sowers. He backs up. He takes the three, hits that. Two big baskets for Al Sowers. Six-point lead for Coast Guard. Sowers. 39 Sowers screaming to the heavens right there. Team feeding off it. Rochester timeout. Here we go again. 8-17 to fly. Bears by six. But Al lay with his actions just as much as anybody. So for him to do that, Al was just playing basketball. Al was just playing to win. Al Sowers basketball. Craig Johnson, defensive rebound. Eight minutes to play. Right now, Rochester trying to force it so quickly where they were so patient early on, waiting for the play to develop. Right now, they're just throwing up everything as urgently as possible. Sowers tries to shake him well, spins around him, twists inside, gets it to pre-back layup, no. Rebound, caroms off bodies, right back to Sowers. Bears will regroup. Fresh shot clock for Coast Guard. Sowers will attack. He'll go to the basket, score and a foul. <laughs> Eight in a row for Al Sowers. 47-39. Wow. 47-39, to play. Al's free throw, good. A 9-0 run, all Sowers, three three-point plays. 48-39, seven and a half to play. Being on the shorter side, I mean, one of the shorter players on the court, like going inside is not the most effective way to to utilize my skills and I did a lot of my damage from the outside. But if you have good body control, I, I was left with my father's broad shoulder. So I was always, even though I was shorter, I was thicker. And so I could take contact and it was just whether or not I was able to elevate above or get the shot off around players. So I was never like turned away from driving to the basket and drew a lot of fouls and those type of shots. But being able to go in and, and elevate and draw contact and then and still get the shot off and pick up that hand one and that little spurt was definitely a big boost in, in that run, which helped kind of pull us away. Rochester was unable to catch up. And Al makes the first. 56-48, they shut Sowers down for a little while but not the full 40 minutes. He's got 15 after going two for two from the line. 57-48 with 12 seconds. Dominiak in the front court, backs up to the three-point line, hands to Lebanowski. Line drive, three, no. Six seconds left, Rochester ball. Jerron inside, short. Rebound, Craig Johnson, on to the Elite Eight. The Bears are on the court celebrating. The improbable season continues. Bears win. Bears win. My dad and mom were outside after that game and, and some family friends, and they were like standing there talking. And my dad tells the story. They're standing there. All of a sudden, the door behind them just gets kicked and like flies open. And one of the big guys comes outside and goes, Coast Guard how the F did we lose the Coast Guard? And they just kept storming off over to the bus to ride home. The Bears weren't going anywhere. They were sticking around to play another day. The Bears had an upset win over WPI in the new MAC championship. And then they had upset wins over Trinity, Mass Dartmouth, and Rochester to advance to the Elite Eight. One more upset win would send them to the final four. There's a great song by um, by Seals and Crofts that I always think of in these in these moments. We may never pass this way again. 
And I think Coast Guard knew, this is our shot. We may never get here again. The morning of the Elite Eight matchup, Coast Guard gathered its players in the hotel ballroom for a film session. This was unusual. The coaches typically watched a lot of film. The players, they didn't have the time. But on this day, they did. This is then-volunteer assistant coach Kevin Jaskowitz. All you're trying to do is give your guys just little things that little things that they could lean on with a set here or there. You know, is try to give the guys as much information. And if they can, it's hard in a quick turnaround like that, like the back-to-back, it's really hard. And if you can give them a little bit of uh, an opportunity to maybe diagnose the play, then that works. Remember how I read the letter from Admiral Allen during the Rochester game? Saturday, there was no meeting of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But Admiral Allen wasn't sure he was going to be able to get a ticket. Someone told him, call Al Sauer's dad. But I said, but sir, I'm pretty sure that if you showed up at the game, they'd probably let you in. I don't think you would have to have a ticket. Dave Sowers made sure that the Admiral was properly attired with one of his custom-designed shirts. He goes, I gotta have one of those shirts. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And I went and got him one. But I, so I came back and I'm like, hey, sir, I'm sorry, but we've been giving them out. You know, I only got a couple left. This is the biggest one I have. I said, I can get you another one so you can have it. He goes, oh, no, that'll be great. And he takes it. And damn, if he didn't put it on. And now he was, it was, he had a lot sticking out on it, you know, but he wore it the whole game. Everybody loves him. Still, still is a Coast Guard folklore, kind of like Paul Bunyan or something, you know, bigger than life. There was this big commotion, like in the Coast Guard camp. And it was just like, almost like the parting of the Red Sea. And like this whole row, the commandant and his staff, the superintendent, like all these high profile officers and senior leaders in the Coast Guard, like we're here for us. And I was just like, man, I don't know about the Coast Guard in and of itself. I'm just trying to get through the academy. But like, this guy is like spending his time to watch us play. That's pretty cool. That's something very significant. And he came up and sat next to Admiral Burho throughout the game. And if you could just see the face of these guys throughout the game, living and dying. Now, this is a guy who's in charge of one of the five services of the U.S. military. And for, God, 40, 48 minutes, 50 minutes, he did not care about anything else in the world and was solely focused on trying to will these guys to win. The Ursinus Bears, same nickname, posed a unique challenge. Their star was a 2,000-point-scoring All-American Nick Shattuck, but he was playing hurt and trying to will himself through. With Shattuck in pain, 6'10 Swiss-born center Michael Shema stepped up his game. He teamed with guard John Noonan for some early damage. To the basket, running layup doesn't go. Shema's presence forced that miss, and then Shema got the rebound for Sinus. He wore his out. He was about 6'10", and he was a load. Here's Noonan in stride for three. 11-6, Noonan's got seven. Bears got to get a hand in his face, 16.05 to play. Your sinus was another one of those games where the team was just different. They had a legit like seven foot center. That player who was hurt was a wing player, but he was like six, seven and athletic and a good shooter. Just not your typical like division three players. At a division three level to just be seven foot tall, it's tough because you know, I, with Jeff and Craig are about six foot four, Steve's the same. No matter how athletic you are, a seven-footer standing with his arms straight up is going to reach to almost 10 feet high. So even if he only goes up to his tippy toes, he still is going to be able to outreach most people at the Division Three level. You just don't have the other six foot ten, six foot nine guys to combat someone being a couple inches taller than you when someone's like a full eight inches taller than you. Like, that's tough. This is our sinus guard, John Noonan, on Michael Shema. I actually played against him in high school. I remember him well because of how, really how bad he was. Like he was so uncoordinated, and obviously that's why he ended up at, you know, a Division three school rather than Division one. But to see kind of his progress from that, but the second half of the season, something clicked for him, and he was obviously unbelievable. Like he was huge for us down the stretch. Um, I remember that really well. And our team just like really clicked well. We played really well together. We were all very, very competitive, kind of bought into the defensive end, and we could... We had a lot of guys who really, really could score. And this is Nick Shattuck, 
the amount of work that guy put in, he turned into a star suddenly to everybody, but we, we saw it coming. It was a great, great game. It was clear from the start that Ursinus posed a major challenge, which meant that someone was going to need to play beyond his means. In Coast Guard's case, that someone was Grant Johnson. Inbounded to Craig Johnson, corner left, kick out to Grant. Grant Johnson's three is good. That ends the drought for Coast Guard. Grant's second three of the game. And the game just seemed to be going really fast when the, the game feels sped up. Like, how do, how do we slow this down? How do we get, not physically fast, but how do we slow this down mentally? Like, before, before it's halftime, we need to feel like we're in the game. It wasn't going well. And just said to myself, if, if we're going to lose this game, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm not going to lose this game by 18 and be two for five. I'm going to go down swinging. So I'd missed the first couple shots. That never deterred me. And I took a few more and they went in. Personally, I just need to see one or two go in. And they, they, the next one feels like it's always going to go in. And I was able to get hot in that game, which was fun. The Bears stared a nine-point deficit right in the eyes, and Ursinus was the team that blinked. Pull it back out. He spins around, fits Craig Johnson inside against Shema. He twists in, shoots and hits. Nice duck under there for Craig. He's got two hoops in a row. Sowers, defensive rebound. A lot of contact on Craig Johnson right there. They, uh, they just manhandled him. And Grant Johnson knocks down a three on the other end, his third of the game. 20 to 16, it's back to a four-point game. That's four threes for Coast Guard. Grant Johnson on the wing, fakes the three, bounce pass inside to Craig. Sizing up Shema. He ducks under, he twists, he turns, and he kicks it out to Sowers for a three. Bingo! 20 to 19, out second three. And like that, the Bears are back in the game here. Johnson and Prebeck combined to score Coast Guard's last 12 points of the first half. And the Bears led at halftime 38-37. I think I, I got taken out for a second to catch a breather. And Aaron Jones is sitting beside me. He's like, whoa, whoa, you're hot, huh? He's like, yeah, it feels pretty good tonight. Do you hear them? Do I hear what? You hear their fans? They're cheering, Grant, you suck. And I was like, oh. No, I didn't hear that. I said, yeah. I was like, well, you probably shouldn't tell me that, Aaron, but thanks. So then I went back and I watched the tape, and they are cheering. You can hear it, Grant, you suck, which is really cool. I feel like I felt like it was my J.J. Redick moment. Much like Grant Johnson rose to the occasion for Coast Guard, Ursinus's stars John Noonan and Nick Shattuck did likewise. Noonan scored 21. Playing hurt, Shattuck scored 19, including Ursinus's first six of the second half. On his right for Noonan, played by Johnson, entry pass Shattuck. Shattuck backs down Freebeck. His fadeaway is up and good. Gives her sinus the lead. His second hoop. They lob it in. Shattuck catches, shoots, and hits. The Bears fell asleep there, and Shattuck ties it at 41. That's a play that they know that was coming. Uh, they've seen it in the, the film. They watched it a little bit today as well. In Shattuck, dribble drive. Pant to the basket. Foul. Shot goes. Chance for a three-point play. Shattuck really taking over in the early part of the second half. He ties the score. And they figured out how to get him into the middle of our zone. What he would do is he would fake like he was going to run the baseline, and then he would curl back around to the middle, and that play was deadly to us. For a stretch of more than 12 minutes in the second half, the best the Bears could do was tie. Grant Johnson went a little cold. Others filled in. One-on-one -on -one against Blum, his pass is deflected into the hands of Sowers. And now Hudson in the open floor, he dunks. And one! And one! Chance for a three-point play. Not a smart foul there by Ursinus. Hudson wasn't sure there if he was going to go up for the dunk. Decided as he was along the baseline, he could make it, and he did. Stephon Lewis for Craig Johnson. He'll try a three. Oh, boy! He hits it to tie. <laughs> That's three this year for Craig. Coaches looking at each other and raising their eyebrows, but I'll take it. 7-0 run. We're tied at 59. 925 to play. Coast Guard got the lead for about 40 seconds. Then Ursinus got it back and started to pull away. On the wing left, now back to his right. Lob pass. Shattuck layup good. Mini alley-oop, 67-62. Coast Guard timeout with 4-10 left. Here, Sinus fans explode. They've scored five straight. They're up five. Coast Guard had a response. 
In the front court for three, that's off. Rebound Coast Guard. Craig Johnson for two. 67-64, 325. So the Bears answer for two. His five-footer is off. Preback offensive rebound, put back good. Jeff Preback for Coast Guard with his sixth hoop. And her sinuses lead at 67-66 with 235 to play. And now the Coast Guard looks for the lead with 204 to play. Hudson wing right now on the feed from Grant with a minute 50. Hudson moves left inside Craig Johnson. Kick out right, Grant Johnson. His three. Oh, my. 967, Grant's eighth of the game. Minute 40 to play, your sinus possession. Coast Guards run off seven straight. That lead held until only 17 seconds remained. Al Sowers went for a steal, didn't get it. Craig Johnson fouled her sinus freshman point guard Remy Kuzert, with Craig fouling out of the game in the process. Kuzert had not scored the entire game. He was going to the free throw line to try to tie the score. I said, Remy, there's no one I'd rather shoot these. Like, just, just go make him and we're going to beat him in overtime. It was the first time he shot the ball the, the entire game, whether it was a field goal or a free throw. And I said to myself, he is never going to make both of these. The, the two biggest shots of his of his life, and he hasn't shot the ball in real time in two friggin' hours. There's no way he's, he's gonna make So Remy Kuzer for Earth Sinus will try and tie it. He gets two shots. His first is good. 69-68, that is his first point of the game. And now he'll try and tie with 16-8 left. Look out for Shema on a rebound. His free throw is good. We're even, or Sinus will take a timeout. And Coast Guard will draw up a play to try and win the game with one shot. I don't think either of them hit the rim. Nothing but net. And that's when I was like, yeah, this isn't good. I'll never forget his name. Remy Kuzart. Still, there was plenty of time for Coast Guard. The Bears had one play to execute. Make it, and they go to the final four. Miss it, and you go to overtime. The Bears wanted to win right here. Grant was be the first recipient of the pass, and then was going to be reversed back. I think we came out of the timeout, like the play was for a pick and roll, basically, and come off and get to the basket, come off and hit Jeff rolling to the basket, or come off and take a jump shot. We were the hardest working team. We weren't the brightest team. So we ended up, the people who were supposed to be on the right were on the left, but then the ball was supposed to go to the left, but it went to the right. And we were like, basically put our shoes on backwards for that play. When Grant came off the screen, he fell, whatever. So Al, not to his fault at all, was kind of left to create something on his own because Jeff and I had messed something up. I was supposed to be here, Jeff was there. And we, went, we went opposite ways. So Al was probably watching us like, what the heck, guys? The guy went under the ball screen and, you know, Al made the right read on that. He went under. I came off that screen. He went under and you get whatever it is, five or so feet, and you have a relatively open shot. Al Sowers was never afraid to take the big shot for Coast Guard. He missed some, but he made some too. The end of games was Al's time. He was fearless just like when he dribbled end-to-end in a high school gym at age three, just like when he was 13 playing against the Flutie brothers. If there was one player who was best suited to take this shot for Coast Guard to send his team to the Final Four, Al was the right guy. I didn't mind taking shots at the end of the game because I knew that I was a good shooter and I wasn't afraid to miss them and I thought that I could make them. Sowers on the dribble. Moves it left, looks for a cutter with 10 seconds. Sowers at the top of the circle. Guarded by Kuzert with seven, moves it right, he'll shoot a three. Seven out of 10 times he's gonna make that shot. All right, five out of five. He shot it and I'm looking like, oh, he about to make this. When it left his hand, I thought it was going in and they wouldn't have had any time in the clock. I was like, we won. He's gonna make this three pointer. There's no way I was gonna miss this. Like, we're good. What you want, the best player on your team to have a chance, 
And it was one of those things where we gave our best effort Showers at the top of the circle. Guarded by Kuzert with seven. Moves it right. He'll shoot a three. Missed that. And it just wasn't meant to be. I swear it hit the rim like 27 times and then decided to come out. And I still to this day have no idea how that ball kicked out. That ball was through. And that shot was... It was good. It was a great release. And when you look at this trajectory, it's good. It's, it keeps going. And then you focus on, your, on the basket and out. You're like, what happened here? What is this? And we're going to go to overtime. The Bears thought they had the game won. And now a very tired Coast Guard team would have to play five more minutes against an Ursinus team that had a new life. I think the collective side of Remy making that shot and that rimming out is what gave us the, the spark we needed going into overtime. They were really good, and we were exhausted. Long jump, no. Rebound, Shema in traffic. Shema clears it out to Hilton, and now Kuzert. Kuzert steps left to the basket. Shot is good. Ursinus, 5-1, 72-71. They were good. We played really well that game. Every time we made a good play, they made a good play. It was Ali Frazier. It was a title fight. Shattuck, long jump short, got his own rebound. Inside, Kuzert. Fade away, good. Remy Kuzert extends the Ursinus lead to 74-71, 3.05 left. We probably played at like 98%. We had another 2% somewhere to find, but they played at 99%. Kuzert drive, kick, Shattuck, fakes the shot. Give to Hilton. His three is up and good. 77-72, Matt Hilton for three. Minute 35 to play, Coast Guard's down five. 20 seconds left. He's going to find Shattuck. Shattuck will dunk. And Ursinus looks like it's headed to the final four. 82-73. All the adrenaline at that point going through those ankles, and there was no stopping me from getting up to the rim at that one. I, I do remember that in the, the crowd. That was kind of like the icing moment for us. Our whole team, like for me, Nick, Remy, and, and Matt Hilton, we're all guys that throughout the year – like, we made shots in big moments. That's how we won a lot of games. And I remember that, that game super well, and it's, it's something I always think about. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we won. Final score, Ursinus 82, Coast Guard 76. Season over. Magnificent run, over. Magnificent seven run, over. As the Bears entered the locker room, they had a visitor, the head of the Coast Guard, Admiral Allen. Admiral Allen came down, told us that he was really proud of us. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what we all wanted to hear, that we had made the Coast Guard Academy, our classmates, the Coast Guard proud. And I had my face buried in my hands. I didn't look at him once. He was in the... He was in the locker room. I feel bad about that, but I was just so demoralized. I knew. I thought it was the last time that we would all be together playing basketball. And when they left the locker room, they had a welcoming party. As each player climbed the stairs on their way to the exit of the athletic center to board the bus, they were greeted with the loud applause of Coast Guard fans. I was there. It was a small group, but it was great. It meant a lot to come up the stairs and to, to get that applause. Junior season, wouldn't it have been nice to come back to a ticker tape parade or a pep rally? And at the, the academy at the D3 level, coming up the stairs and having people, a group of 50 people clap for you, that was our version of it. It was simple, but you all had, had spent the extra time to stay there. The 45 minutes we were showering and crying and cleaning up to, to clap for us. So that was, that was the pat on the back that I wanted. Immediately after the game, I remember obviously being just disappointed and devastated that your career is over, right? That's the last time I'll ever put on a basketball uniform besides in an old man rec league. But I remember at the time telling my dad, I don't know if I could have played next week because you were just that exhausted. Like I said, it's a different lifestyle at the academy, the wear and tear that it puts on your body from a lack of sleep and a military regimen perspective. And then something that's unique to the Division Three tournament is you play on back-to-back -back nights. You don't play, like, 
the Division One tournament, you play on Thursday, then you play on Saturday. Like Division Three, they play you on back-to-back -back nights, and those level of games on back-to-back -back nights, and then the practices, and you threw in like the run at the end of the year from the conference, and it was just a lot of basketball in a short amount of time. Mark, I normally run afoul of Coasties who say that the, the Tangerine Bowl in 63 was the, the greatest athletic achievement in the, the history of Coast Guard, not to me. Making the, the final eight with what that team had to overcome, to me, it's a, it's, it isn't even close. I have yet to see that film, that tape. I haven't watched it. Maybe I'll go home tonight and watch it. Nah, no. I'm guessing you won't. Not even with a vodka cranberry. There's no way I'm going to watch that thing again. <laughs> Basketball is just a game, and these players were preparing for something much more in life. But along the way, they came together and wound up doing something pretty cool. You might even call it something magnificent. And the Bears were tired. The Bears were defeated. But you know what? These Bears, they weren't done. This is Academy Superintendent Jay Scott Burho. So the team learned after that tough game with their sinus at the end. I mean, it's a hard fought game and would have been nice to win and go on to the Final Four. But guess what? You can do your best and not necessarily win, but you learn from that and then you move on to, to do the next important thing. On the next episode of A Lasting Legacy. And all of a sudden, the next thing you hear is, boom! And somebody in the back of the bus goes, we just hit a house. A Lasting Legacy is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Mark Simon. Thanks to the aforementioned Admiral J. Scott Barho, and also one of his successors, Admiral James Rendon, as well as the then head of the Coast Guard, Admiral Allen, for their support of our broadcasts. I've broadcast games since I was a freshman in college. That's nearly 30 years. I don't think that the championship week and NCAA runs of 2007 and 2008 will ever be topped. Thank you for listening.